I wonder, so you know how like in baseball, um, they use wooden bats, right? And like every so often you get a baseball um, player that like hits the ball and the bat like shatters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming, Jinx, cut it out. Um, I'm assuming that every once in a while there would be clubs that Maybe. would break. There are freaking metal clubs that break. Are you kidding? Like, absolutely. Absolutely. One of them's going to be cracked. Literally, I don't remember. I think the driver was already kind of cracked, but Chris got this new, my Chris, my brother Chris, mm. Um, he had this driver. He's like, oh, I think it's cracked. And he went to go use it. And there was literal fire shooting out the back. It had sparked as soon as he cracked it against the ball and completely split. <laughs> Oh my god. So yeah, it definitely happens even now with like modern stuff. Yeah, can't imagine. I've never seen that before. It was horrifying. Philip, have you ever broken a club? Uh yeah, I mean a couple times. <laughs> On purpose was it in or rage? Accident? Yeah. I know. Was did you have rage or was it like by accident? Uh I don't think I've ever accidentally broke a club, but I've broken two like out Says of a lot. rage. Uh, yeah mm-hmm. that's all i needed Makes sense. to know yeah I, I can't afford i can't afford to do that anymore so. yeah it's fair. I, was, it's fair. I was a little bit yeah uh, a few years ago when i had a little less responsibility i could say mm-hmm. oh yeah i'll go to the golf shop and reshaft this club but now i yeah. don't want to do that so Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Blair. And I'm Kirsten, and we are Mediocre Content. And we are not alone today. We are not. We <laughs> we have my brother, Philip. Woohoo! Say hello. <laughs> Thanks for having me on the program. you're very welcome very professional i like it it's way more professional than this podcast this is yeah he's bringing a level of professionalism that we lack indeed indeed but also he's a very important person and at this moment he may or may not have to jet but we're gonna like keep him in as long as we can and hold him hostage here until his job says we can't anymore so enjoy it while you can people (laughs) <laughs> yes philip why don't you tell the people about yourself uh well i am related to blair I'm a brother. <laughs> correct correct um, good start yeah and i live in suffolk virginia and um i have a golfer i think that's why i'm here today and uh i also yes. do electrical work full-time and that's very nice. The the basics, I guess. I don't know how far this is going on the on the world wide web, so I guess I don't want to expose myself too bad. Yeah, no fair. doxing. That's fair. Yeah. I don't want this to be giving my... out my phone number and right. address, I guess. This is Correct. my social. You have a dog. You have a dog named Sunny, and she's so cute. Yeah. She's so cute. Yeah, she's actually she's around here somewhere, but yeah. She's uh She's a she's a pit bull, so y'all gotta watch out. She's she's a she's oh a, my god, uh, she's a dangerous animal. I love. I'm gonna cuddle with her. For those who don't know, Sunny is like the least pit bull pit bull ever. <laughs> Can't we say that about a lot of pit bulls? To be fair, that's true. That is correct. <laughs> the yeah. majority. She she is a sweetheart for sure. 
Love it. Well, we're super happy to have you on the show, Philip, and we hope that you're excited too, because uh, if you don't know, we are not professional golfers, listener, um, and that's why we had to bring in an expert. This is requirement. <laughs> Philip, yeah, Philip knows more about golf than probably anyone else that I know. Perfect. And therefore, um, we had to bring him on for this episode. And the inspiration behind this episode is I've been getting served a lot of TikToks about golf girl summer. And I'm like, well, I guess it's popular. So we should probably do a podcast on it. Is it so. like girl dinner? It's not, <laughs> not like, like girl golf. dinner. It's more, it's more like girls showing themselves in a golf cart, eating a sandwich and reading their book while their boyfriend mm. or significant other golfs. You know, I wish I had golf girl summer in that way because usually it's just me also sweating in golf gear watching my brother my grandfather and Tyler totally kick my butt for 18 holes in yes. the heat and I'm yes. sunburnt and sad <laughs> sunburnt and sad the title of your novel yeah that's how it'll be <laughs> um but before we get too far into it I guess we should disclaim a little bit because yes. as we yes. said we are not the experts in the room so <laughs> All right. So basically, as you guys know, if you've listened to the pod, you know that we don't really know a whole lot over here. Um, We're not experts on anything. And if you come to this podcast for any kind of advice, whether it be relationship, medical, uh, I don't know, whatever, life advice. Yeah. um, We're not the place for that. So don't take anything of what we say like super seriously. And we encourage you to do your own research in the event that we say something that you're intrigued by. Yes. Because we will say it wrong. Yeah. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And if we say something wrong or if you disagree with something Philip says, please feel free to DM (laughs) us and we'll pass along the message. (laughs) Yeah. Come for him, though. Not us. We don't know what we're doing. We've already said that. (laughs) He's the expert. Okay. Uh, So um, before we get into the main chunk of the pod um Kirsten's gonna do some good news do you have one or two stories for us this it's just one because it was a larger one but it's still science corner so oh beautiful okay Kirsten science corner okay Okay, here we go um the title I've chosen for this good news is called dark matter bacteria tackling superbugs and I feel like that's easy to understand uh, it sounds terrifying. It is, it's, but it is horrifying, but also super fantastic. So if you don't know, just a little bit of background, superbugs are what we're currently dealing with in the medical world where they are bacterium that are severely resistant to everything that we currently have in the world of antibiotics, which is causing a lot of problems for people who are trying to, I don't know, get rid of it. Um And so what they've done is created a new drug called clovobactin, and it's been created out of what is being called dark matter bacteria, which rather than being a research term was created by the press to suit the mysterious origins of the bacteria and potential future drugs like it, which could represent an urgently needed new font of antibiotics. I thought that was an interesting word to use new there. Font? <laughs> I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to keep it in. It's interesting. <laughs> Not new species, new font. New font. You know, um, instead yeah. of Comic Sans, it's Times New Roman. I don't know. I don't know either. So scientists in the U.S. managed to grow the bacteria out of Morris of Life cleverly coined bacterial dark matter, which is in quotation marks, due to the fact that it was based on a life form that cannot be cultured in a Petri dish. So that's really 
why they make it sound like doomsday but they just can't it's just not from a petri dish yeah oh how do you how do you do it oh i'll tell you oh okay i'll tell you (laughs) I don't think I can recreate it, but I can tell you how they did it. (laughs) Okay, great. All right. I don't have my lab set up. So 99% of all bacteria are similarly unculturable and could not be grown in laboratories previously, hence the moniker dark matter, because 95% of the universe is made up of dark matter and dark energy. I don't know where they're getting that metric from, so don't quote me on that either. This is from an article. Um, The new drug was discovered from bacterial dark matter found in sandy soil from North Carolina, which is in the States for those outside, and developed by an Mm -hmm. international team of researchers alongside the company Novo Biotic in Boston. The company stated, we urgently need new antibiotics to combat bacteria that become increasingly resistant to most clinically used antibiotics, which is what the superbug is, and that's why it's a huge problem. uh, Clovabactin is different. Since it was isolated from bacteria that could not be grown before, pathogenic bacteria have not seen such an antibiotic before and had no time to develop resistance, which is the problem. Bacteria can adapt, and that's just a natural thing. That's what we all do organization-wise and organism-wise, sorry. Bacteria do it much quicker, though, just because um, they're single-celled most of the time, so it's easier for them to like replicate. And that also means, based on natural selection, those that have the genes that can be resistant to these antibiotics usually carry it forward. And now you've got this huge collection of potential superbugs that are all resistant to that, and they all carry the gene for it. <laughs> yeah. So that for for yeah. an example of a superbug would be something like staph or like um, C. diff. If you're in the medical field, you know exactly what that gross. is. Gross. It's so sad. It's disgusting. Too. Um. um They use staph in this. So this is what's fantastic. So pathogenic bacteria have not seen it. They're able to, uh, they're not able to develop resistance to it. And so clavoblactin successfully attacked a broad spectrum of bacterial pathogens in mice, including the so-called antibiotic resistant staph or staphylococcus aurealis, if you want the scientific form. (laughs) Cute. It targets not just one, but three different precursor molecules that are all essential for the construction of the cell wall and envelope-like structure that surrounds bacteria. The cool thing about this, though, is not so much that it can attack this bacteria where other antibiotics have failed. It's that it has zero interest in the human membrane cells at all. And so presumably the clavobactin would selectively damage those bacterial cells and target them, but are not toxic at all to human cells. So this is kind of the best of both worlds where the bacteria is the only target. It can't resist it because it's never seen it or heard it heard from it before. And our body's like, I don't really care about it. It's not a huge deal for me. So it's fantastic and is already in trial. And it's we're seeing a lot of good results with it, which is going to be great for those more aggressive diseases that we have going on definitely very cool yeah so i you know science corner over but it's still super cool and i'm glad that we're making progress (laughs) philip how do you feel yeah i mean i guess that's kind of the the hard thing about antibiotics uh being that you know when you take them it kills a lot of good things as well as bad things so if they can find something with more of a you know, I guess a, a direct line of attack, then that's that's great. 
That's true. And I, I agree with you. I think it's that's the double-edged sword here. It's like we do have other antibiotics that can severely attack something, but it also severely attacks you. <laughs> which and is your good bacteria. Great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> small things, small steps, I guess. Yeah. Pair your antibiotics with a probiotic, everybody. Absolutely. Because that's- Fun tip. If you don't, isn't that like one of the uh, precursors of C. diff issues as well? I mean, right? yeah, but it has to be like a super, from mm-hmm. my understanding, it's like people who are on IV antibiotics and mm-hmm. like are getting them like every day, twice a day, you know, for mm-hmm. severe bacterial infections. Um, that's when you're at most risk for C. diff. Um, so most providers will provide or provide, prescribe <laughs> a, a probiotic. Um, yeah. But like, if you're just taking an antibiotic for like seven days that you yeah. got from your primary care doctor, like it's not <laughs> that big of a deal. It's still a good idea to do. Yeah. Um, but you're also you're not at like super risk for C diff necessarily. Fair enough. And the probiotic people is just helping your good gut bacteria heal and you know keep it keep it up to snuff as you're uh, depleting it with your antibiotic. <laughs> Jinx's tail just wrapped around the straw of my drink. <laughs> Cat drink. <laughs> that's my favorite. I love it when I'm drinking coffee with like an open mug and I just get like fur. There's cat no hair. cat around. Yeah. It's just in the air. <laughs> yeah. Gonna have a hairball after this. It's fine. I'm sure it happens with dogs too, right? You just, you know, the sunny shed a lot. It's sunny, right? Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, it's just, and the worst part is, is, like we did the, we tried to clean out the back of our car earlier this week and oh. cleaning it out with the, the shop vac. We have like a seat cover oh. and I was cleaning it out with the shop vac and then like the vacuum doesn't even pick it up sometimes. <laughs> so you got to go in there with like a lint roller. It's yeah. Sure. Said like, no way. That's what I do yeah. for the couches is I do a lint roller first and then I vacuum mm. after that. Yeah. She's got really short hair. So mm. honestly, like it's kind of even harder to get up because it's not like you have clumps of long hair. Fair, but, fair. You guys don't yeah. have the uh, the fur scrapers. Yeah, we no. yeah, need to get one of those. Yeah, yeah I haven't. I haven't like been influenced enough from let Amazon me, or whatever to get one. Let me be the one to tell you. First of all, we got the small one for the cat trees because you know Lynx is a Lynx. I have a, a rag doll. He's like this big poofy monster. If you don't know yeah. what they look like, he's like a Maine Coon but fluffier. Correct. Um, and so he has literal patches of fur that are just left over, but we've got the handheld one that we use for the cat tree. And then I have the one that looks like a broom and it gets everything out of the carpet. This carpet has probably not been professionally cleaned in like millennia, but I can tell you it is the cleanest carpet we've ever had because of the scraper. And it doesn't even kill the fibers. Like you'd think it would just tear up your carpet, but it doesn't. That's good. Grab one or two or five. Will do. Definitely. Anyway, this is not what this is about. It's not about cats today. (laughs) Derailed. (laughs) It's about golf today. (laughs) Um, So the first thing we're going to do is talk a little bit about golf history. And um, Philip, feel free to chime in at any time if you have any thoughts about this. I just kind of pulled from a couple different articles, as we normally do here. Um. But we'll talk about the origins of golf. And then in the second half, we're going to talk a little bit about golf, the golf community, if you will. Um, Yeah. So we'll see. Okay. So uh, golf originated from a game played on the eastern coast of Scotland 
in an area close to the royal capital of Edinburgh. In those days, players would attempt to hit a pebble over sand dunes and around tracks using a bent stick or club. It sounds much more difficult the way they used to do it, to be Absolutely. honest. <laughs> um, during the 15th century, Scotland prepared to defend itself yet again against the invasion of the odd, odd, Ald? A Ald? A-U-L-D enemy, which is basically just England, for those who don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, the nation's enthusiastic pursuit of golf, however, led many to neglect their military training, so much so that the Scottish Parliament of King of King James II banned the sport in 1457. So um, <laughs> if you ever had any doubts that the chokehold that golf has on people, it's insane, you know that it was it led people to neglect their military training before they went to war business trip is just a business trip (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i got this war thing going on but uh we're going out for a niner later (laughs) right (laughs) bring your bring your beer (laughs) do people call it a niner is that a thing i don't know i just made it up i don't know (laughs) i've never heard that before no i don't know (laughs) all right Although people largely ignored the ban, it was only in 1502 that the game gained the royal seal of approval when King James the Sixth, Fourth, Fourth, Girl, I don't know. I I think it's the Fourth. Hmm. IV is four, right, Philip? Yeah, it's five minus one. Okay, good. Okay, cool. All right. (laughs) That's why we have the expert in the room. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so King James IV of Scotland uh, became the world's first golfing monarch. So he started the trend in the royals, nice. uh, the royal circles. The popularity of the game quickly spread throughout the 16th century um, in Europe. Thanks to the royal endorsement, King Charles, Charles I brought the game to England and Queen Mary of Scots uh, introduced the game to France when she studied there. The term caddy derives from the name of her French military aides known as cadets. That's cute, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so one of the premier golf courses of the day was Leith near Edinburgh, which hosted the first international golf match in 1682. Match. When the Duke of York and George Patterson, representing Scotland, beat two English noblemen. Whoa. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Get it. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Whoa, 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 whoa. Are they still using sticks and pebbles? Um, I think so. Interesting. Actually, I think it says up here. Um they 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 advance to like feather stuffed balls. Feather stuffed balls. Oh, yes. Oh, oh. And then like wooden clubs, I think. I got you. I don't okay. know exactly what year. It might say in just a few minutes. That's fair. Jinx, I swear. <laughs> It's really turned from like Jinx stream to Jinx pod to I know <laughs> Jinx he's the official mascot now. I think he, he spends the most time of all the cats, and like I just he's his tail gets in my mouth and then I get <laughs> fur in my mouth and it's just not a good time. Disgusting. Do you know where that tail has been? Disgusting. In the litter box for sure. Ugh. Yuck. Okay, anyway. moving right along. The game of golf officially became a sport when the gentlemen golfers of Leith formed the first club in 1744. And 
they also set up an annual competition with silverware prizes. Now, I'm assuming they mean like, like cutlery, silver, not cutlery. I think they mean like silver, like, you know, those big silver prize plates that silver they win wares. Like, yeah. Like Wimbledon, stuff like that. But okay. it sounds like they're giving out forks and spoons. <laughs> Honestly, if it's real silver, I don't know if I could complain. <laughs> Fair. Especially at that time period. I mean, 1744 silver must have been very valuable. Absolutely. Um, the rules for this new competition were drafted by Duncan Forbes, rules that even now sound familiar. For example, if your ball comes among water or any watery filth, you are at liberty to take out your ball and bring it behind the hazard and teeing it. You may play it with any club and allow your adversary a stroke for for so getting out your ball. Philip, how many balls have you sunk in the water? A lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I have Does a... that sound familiar to you? Does it sound like proper old English? Is that how they still write the rules? <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, it's kind of funny because the, I don't know, I guess a running joke uh, that is in the golf community, especially like the people who, I don't know if this is like a, appropriate comparison but the people who run golf are it's kind of like the united states government it's just ran by a bunch of people who are perfect really really old really really old yeah old Um, golf (laughs) so no it's not written like that anymore but it's actually kind of it's ironic that you say that it'd be funny (laughs) if it was it would be super funny i think more people would play if it was written like that they could pretend that they were you know british or something Pretending yeah. at the Renaissance Fair. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I, uh, they had that would be really funny if at the Renaissance Fair had like a golf tournament and then they did it like, like this. Absolutely. Also, yeah. there's this one, I will never forget this. It was literally last uh last year at Virginia Beach. Um Chris and uh Papa and I were all out on the golf course and we were coming up behind this guy and unfortunately it was like torrential downpour and you could tell that the course that we were on was not very well kept so there's just like puddles and like impromptu lakes <laughs> uh and so the guy in front of us we were just waiting our turn and he lifts up the ball and he goes I dedicate this one to the pond and he puts it down and it just goes <laughs> right into it he goes yep and he just keeps walking he just goes for it he's like that's it nice <laughs> like that's how you do it just he had accurate ex- expectations of his abilities and he accomplished exactly that <laughs> that's good that's half the battle honestly <laughs> set your expectations <laughs> That's great. So let's see, where were we? Uh, The first reference to golf, as it is now recognized, um, is the historic home town of St. Andrews, which was in 1552. It was not until 1754, however, that the St. Andrews Society of Golfers was formed to to compete in its own annual competition using Leith's rules. So, um, yeah, and if anyone, if you've ever been to St. Andrews, comment or like DM us because mm-hmm. we want to talk to you, but also <laughs> because it's really pretty there. Yeah, the I bet. architecture. Um, so side tangent, Chris, my husband, not your brother, is <laughs> um really into golf, and so for his birthday, we went to one of those golf simulator things. Oh, cool, um, and so you actually like take swings, but it, the computer program tracks like how 
how you do. And so we played um, St. Andrews virtually. So cute. Yeah. Aww. It was really cool. Yeah. It was super cool. Um, so it's kind of like top golf, but like indoors. So it's different, but oh, it's cool. We got yeah. a top golf coming. It's being built. It's supposed to be ready by spring. I'm so excited. <laughs> That's amazing. I yeah. love top golf. It's the best. What do you think, Philip? Um, going back to the St. Andrews talk, I actually, you might have to verify uh, this for me, but I think that it's actually, it's really like a college town. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. interesting. Okay. I think, um, like I said, but no, I, I, I would love to go. Actually, I've, I've heard, if, even if you're not a golfer, St. Andrews is a great place to go. It's fun. In, of, yeah. Know, great scenery. That's awesome. Um, and like you said, the architecture. And I think the town is just a really fun town to be in. That's cute. If it is a fun town, that makes perfect sense if it's a college town, because there's got to be fun stuff for, for the kids. I think yeah. that's, <laughs> real, that's what I was saying. I, like I said, I'm totally guessing here, but I think that's <laughs> literally all that's there is like the golf course and then the college there. I don't think there's much else. I think it's pretty rural. Easy, I mean, easy. the golf course looks pretty, like there's not a lot of stuff next to it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But- it is. So like where it says St. Andrews provides a unique location for a very special university. Wherever you walk around, you're reminded of its rich and colorful history with buildings both ancient and modern. Cute. Yeah, that's adorable. Very nice. And the yeah. pictures look amazing. It's just a really pretty place. <laughs> yeah. I've always wanted to go to like Scotland and Ireland and that kind of area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So the first ever 18... 18- 18 hole course was constructed at St. Andrews in 1764, establishing the now recognized standard for the game. King William IV honored the club with the tile Royal and Ancient, which is kind of a diss low key, um, in 1834. Mm-hmm. Um, with that recognition and its fine cor- and its fine course, the Royal and Ancient golf club of st andrews was established as the world's premier golf club i'm sure he meant ancient as in like standing the test of time but it just kind of sounds like you're an old grandpa (laughs) right i feel like it's low-key a diss maybe (laughs) at this time here we go at this time golfers were using handcrafted wooden clubs usually made from beach with shafts of ash or hazel and balls were made from compressed feathers wrapped in stitched horse hide ew cute i don't i don't like that (laughs) i wonder so you know how like in baseball um they use wooden bats right Mm -hmm. and like every so often you get a baseball um player that like hits the ball and the bat like shatters Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i'm assuming jinx cut it out um i'm assuming that every once in a while there would be clubs that Maybe. would break. There are freaking metal clubs that break. Are you kidding? Like, absolutely. Absolutely. One of them's going to be cracked. Literally, I don't remember. I think the driver was already kind of cracked, but Chris got this new, my Chris, my brother Chris, mm. Um, he had this driver. He's like, oh, I think it's cracked. And he went to go use it. And there was literal fire shooting out the back. It had sparked as soon as he cracked it against the ball and completely split. <laughs> Oh my god. So yeah, it definitely happens even now with like modern stuff. Yeah, can't imagine. I've never seen that before. It was horrifying. Philip, have you ever broken a club? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, a couple times. <laughs> On purpose was it in or rage? accident? Yeah. I know. Was, did you have rage or was it like by accident? Uh, I don't think I've ever accidentally broke a club, but I've broken two like out Says of a lot. rage. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all I needed Makes to sense. know. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't afford I can't afford to do that anymore. So. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. I was, it's fair. I was a little bit. Yeah, uh, a few years ago when I had a little less responsibility, I could say, mm-hmm. "Oh yeah, I'll go to the golf shop and reshaft this club." But now I yeah. don't want to do that. So yeah, golf is an expensive sport. I oh will my say. gosh, yes. I'm also more impressed when people do break them on purpose and they like do the break it over the knee thing. I'm like, yeah. my knee could never. <laughs> I would lose the whole cap. Like it'd be gone before the club would crack. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, Chris was playing uh, golf this past week and he was playing with a bunch of guys and one of them was a Marine and the Marine like chucked his club and almost hit Chris in the face. Or <laughs> I was like, Oh my God, can't be playing with Marines. Can't be mm. doing that. Nope. Mm-mm. Too aggressive. Mm-mm. All right. Um, <clears throat> during the 19th century, as the might of the British empire expanded to encompass the globe. So golf. Oh my. He just I'm really sorry. wants to be part of it. I'm so sorry. It's okay. He like stepped on my keyboard and like now I lost my place. And <laughs> you're okay. You're fine. He just really wants to be part of the show. He's like, he you really have a guest does. and it's not me. I <laughs> so know. rude. All right. Hold on one second. I'm going to kick him out just for productivity's sake. And then I'll be right back. Do you want me to read the next paragraph? I can. Sure. Yeah, you do that. I'll be right back. <laughs> okay. So during the 19th century, as the might of the British Empire expanded to encompass the globe, so golf followed closely behind. The first golf club formed outside Scotland was the Royal Blackheath near London in 1766. The first golf club outside Britain was the Bangalore, India, 1820. And then others would quickly follow, including the Royal Carag in Ireland. I know I spelled that or spelled that. I know I said that wrong. Uh, 1856, the Adelaide in 1870, Royal Montreal, 1873, Cape Town, 1885, St. Andrews of New York in 1888, and the Royal Hong Kong in 1889 amazing wow that's a lot honestly and internet like internationally a lot yeah it caught well, on the, and you know the british empire was vast at that mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. you're right they really be trying to take over the world they do be we run the world wait who said that was that beyonce i don't know that was beyonce ah uh. <laughs> The Industrial Revolution of the Victorian era brought with it many changes. The birth of the railways allowed ordinary people, aka poor people, to explore (laughs) outside of their towns and cities for the first time. And as a consequence, golf clubs began to appear all over the countryside. Mass production methods were adopted to manufacture the clubs and balls, making the game more affordable to the average person and the game's popularity exploded affordable that's an interesting word for that game yeah right i don't even think i would say like there's i guess there's more affordable stuff but like i don't know if i'd call the sport I mean, affordable i feel like golf though was at one point like the royal like um what is that one where they play on the horses polo um, polo yeah i feel like it's very much a country club sport mm-hmm. or at least it was it's not as much anymore i feel like more people 
I don't know, Philip, what do you think? Do you think it's still kind of like hoity toity? Uh, we have to get a horse to like pull out. Yeah. No, but I, <laughs> I know. But I mean, like, I mean, golf. Truthfully, <laughs> number one, acquire horse. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, right. that's pretty, uh, that's asking commitment from a sport. If they're, the number one rule is you need a horse. <laughs> You're so right. Let me clarify. Let me clarify. My I mean, that's life changing. <laughs> That's a little. Can you imagine having a horse climb on your desk during a podcast? You just rent the horse. It's fine. <laughs> you cannot yeah. rent a horse. <laughs> <laughs> they have polo here in New England, and it, it it's everybody wears the sundresses, the sweater over the shoulders, right. the big old hats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of golf, I don't know. You stop. Well, yeah. So here. I think what I meant to say is, do you think golf <laughs> is still like very much that, or do you I mean, think? I obviously polo is. I mean, the horse <laughs> argument is solid. Valid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, to me, I guess golf's kind of like the world. I mean, you have, mm. you know, kind of a middle class and an upper class um, and maybe even a lower class. I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. there's, I mean, some games I play in uh, that, you know, you pay, you know, 39, 49 bucks and, it's on a course that doesn't cost a whole lot of money to play on. And, you know, everybody's there. All kinds of people are there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, if you go play a game that, you know, a place that's really expensive or really exclusive, then, you know, you're going to have really expensive and really exclusive people there. Yeah, That's fair. And I can say regionally too, like when we were playing in Florida, completely different world than if you're trying to play here in new england because you have to have a membership to a country club here or you do not play unless you're outside yeah. the state and it's just it's just like a different culture in florida you could pretty much find anywhere to go here florida man limited. plays golf yeah and gets bitten by alligator <laughs> alligator tees off at hole four in florida <laughs> but strokes of counts yeah. for florida man though because he is inside the Absolutely. alligator right yeah. yeah, but to Philip's point too, I mean, you can find a really wide range and it really, at least from my experience as well, it's very limited, but it really is regional and sometimes like even county-wide. Fair. Fair. So there's not a whole lot of public golf in New England? Oh my goodness. At least in the state of Rhode Island, there is like a single place and that's it. Like everything uh, else requires a membership and there's, um, there's one that I forget... I forget who was trying to get Tyler because he we took lessons in Florida and we had a really great time and we're like oh we'll just continue it here oh no yeah it's like five grand to be a member here at one of the clubs and you still have to pay a monthly fee as well to like continue to use the facilities and stuff so Hmm. it's just you know but in Florida we're just like roll up and we're like hey got tea times and they're like not just go on back (laughs) that's nice you know actually. That's pretty fascinating. I didn't, I definitely never would have guessed that. I figured there's public golf. Yeah. They kind of gatekeep it here a little bit, but there's a small state. So as soon as you go to like Connecticut or Massachusetts, which is maybe like 45 minutes to the line, if that you kind of have, again, the world is your oyster, but it's just like this small little microcosm here in Rhode Island. (laughs) It's very, yeah, it's fair. I didn't know you took lessons in Florida. That's oh cute. Oh my God. We had so much fun. And Rachel and her husband, uh, we took mm. them as well. That was hilarious. Mm. <laughs> Super fun. We had a lot of fun. <laughs> cool. 
Yeah, okay. I think we're going to start that back up as soon as we get down there because yeah. uh, I ain't paying five grand to do it here. I'll tell you that much. No, no, not <laughs> worth it. No, not worth it. All right. Uh, the forerunner to the British Open was played at the Prestwick Golf Club in 1860 with Willie, Willie Park being the winner. After this other legendary name names of after this other legendary names of the game were born, such as Tom Morris his son young tom morris <laughs> it's like junior I guess. <laughs> what <laughs> young tom morris Yikes. went on to be the first great champion winning the event a record of four consecutive times in 1869 wow the united states golf association the usga was established in 1894 to regulate the game um and by nor- by 1900 more than a thousand golf clubs had been formed throughout the United States with the availability of serious funding through commercial sponsorship. The USA quickly established itself as the center of the professional game. Nice. Yay. Capitalism. Um, (laughs) Today it is the golf courses themselves that reflect the history of the game with the U S courses presented as beautifully sculptured and manicured landscaped parklands. Unlike those in Britain, which are typically rough links courses with bunkers, you can hide a London double decker bus in. Holy cow. (laughs) Yeah. Apparently it's rough over there. I mean, I would say most of the U S uh, courses are absolutely gorgeous like they're I just, mean yeah well all the professional ones I would say yeah. they're very very well maintained even then though I feel like there's a standard to have like cut grass have you seen the one that's no longer manned but still in business no so I just which which one there's a bunch of them I, ma- I imagine I don't know this one guy I mean good old TikTok right so there's this guy Fair. who <laughs> goes around and plays golf at like obscure places and he was uh, going to one, I wish I could remember the state, but basically it's an honor system. I think it's like five bucks. You put it in the little box. It's completely unmanned. It looks like a desert, like a literal ghost town. There's old carts decaying around the bunkers. There's like huge sand traps. And you're like, oh, wait, that's just the green. Um, and you oh. just play. <laughs> it's completely free. There's nothing. Well, not free, but like there's nothing there. It's just the course right. and it's completely un- unmaintained. But he's like, hey, five bucks and it's all yours. There's nobody there. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my like, gosh. I was like, I don't know if I like it that much to do that, but good for you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've honestly never noticed a difference between courses like just watching golf on TV or being forced to watch golf on TV. Um, like I, I don't I, like the ones in Europe don't, they seem the same, but I don't know. Maybe that's untrue. I don't watch them. Right, you need to be see. careful or else the golf community is going <laughs> to gonna rise up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, you're going to get Americans and Europeans on you. Hard. I'm going to get canceled by you're the like, golf it community. It's not the same. Yeah. <laughs> it looks, does it not? Or does it, or am I just not paying attention? Um. Well, it's like what, uh, uh, I'm sorry. Is it Kirsten or Kirsten? It's Kirsten. It's fine. Oh, sorry. Okay. So, yeah, Kirsten <laughs> was saying that uh, they uh, they use the hyperbole of you can the bunkers are so deep in Europe that you can put a double decker bus in it. It's because they are. I mean, they're they <laughs> aren't that deep, but they're very deep and they have very 
steep uh, faces, which make them very hard to get out. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, every year you, when you watch the Open Championship, um, you see, you know, it's like a big, like, bunker lore of, like, guys having to chip out sideways, and it's just wreaking havoc on the field. Um, but that's also, I think, um, I'm not sure if that's consistent throughout, like, all the mainland golf, though. Like, I know uh, that's more of a link style. So there's, like, a, you know, uh, British – British, Irish, Scottish link style, which, you know, has those deep bunkers and you're dealing with the elements because it's, you know, predominantly rainy and, and cloudy there. So yeah, I think the, I guess actually to answer your question is there's a, um, I guess maybe, maybe like an Americanized style, which you see, you know, around here. And then there's the link style, which is the, as we were saying, like the hyperbole of the bunkers are so deep and steep. Okay. Uh, okay. so, yeah. How do um because obviously most of these tournaments I assume are international. So people from both sides of the sea would go and play on each other's courses. Do they physically go to well, do you know? Do they do like American golfers to practice or like get a handle on those kinds of courses that are so drastically different? Do they go and practice over there? Do they have setups here? Do you know like how they acclimate to be able no. to take that on? <laughs> yeah, I don't I mean as far as like uh, the elements go, yeah, I mean the way they got the schedule set up now, like honestly, outside of the DP World Tour, which is formerly known as the European Tour, mm-hmm. uh, the guys over on the PGA Tour don't really play over there much outside of the new event, the Genesis Scottish Open, mm-hmm. um, which is just before the Open Championships. So they might use that as their practice, you know, depending on what they have uh, at their you know, what kind of resources they have, they, they may go over even before that and, you know, try and figure out how to play, uh, in the elements. Uh, I mean, they know how to play already, but I mean, get, get used to yeah. it. Um, and then, you know, the what's getting used to the bunkers. I mean, you're not trying to hit it in bunkers over here. I mean, you obviously need to practice on how to get out of those yeah. like style bunkers, but yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, they 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 definitely got to go over there and practice. But I, I guess once we I looked at the agenda, I guess once we get into um, the the questions about the leagues and stuff, it'll make a little yeah. more sense. Exciting, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> definitely. We're almost there. Just a couple more things to cover. Um, so China and golf. St. Andrews may be known as the home of golf, but in the early 2000s, Chinese historians claimed that their ancestors were playing the game long before the Scots. In 2006, a 2006 exhibit in the Hong Kong Heritage Museum laid out what is what its curators said is evidence that people in ancient China played a version of golf um, as long as long ago as 1368. Holy cow. Definitely. Yeah. Um, the museum displayed an enlargement of part of the Ming, Dyn- Ming Dynasty scroll, the Autumn Banquet is what the scroll is called, uh, showing participants of an imperial court hitting a ball toward a hole in grass. Hmm. Sure. Okay. Um, the exhibit also featured a book um, published in 1282 and laid out rules for a game that resembled the game of golf. 1282 i know that's crazy it is crazy wow yeah with these documents we can say 
Um, the Chuan is quite similar to golf, which is what the Chinese called mm -hmm. this version of golf. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. There's a green, there's a hole. When we saw the equipment, we were quite surprised at how similar it is, says the curator of this hmm. exhibit. Interesting. That's a really long time to, and also vastly separated from yeah. each other. So the argument has been made apparently that like every culture has like a stick and ball game because sure. like that's what you have like readily available to you. Sure, sure. And so, I mean, you can make the argument either way, really. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It's just so, and I love that about culture study and like stuff like that, just to see what they grasped on their own and see how similar they are and like how they yeah. <laughs> developed the same exact concepts. Like that's crazy. Yeah, apparently it's human nature to like create games. You gotta balls. have fun, you know? You gotta yeah. have entertainment. I get it. Right. Um, okay, so America and golf. America's origins in golf, meanwhile, are closely linked with Scotland. In August of 1743, David Dias, a 21-year-old Leith native and slave trader, consequently, mm -hmm. uh, received one of the first documented shipments of golf equipment in the American colonies. Um, he got 432 balls and 96 clubs sent from Port Leith to Charleston. Mm. Dees had grown up playing the game on the Leith Links, a five-hole course, where the first rules of golf were established. When the Harleston Green was established by South Carolina by the South Carolina Golf Club in 1841 in a Charleston Park as the first American golf club, slaves were used as caddies. Not surprising at that point. Not surprising, especially for that location. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so however, the first reference to golf in America came much earlier in 1659 through a Dutch ordinance in Fort Orange, New York, um, which later became Albany, by the way. Ah, okay. Uh, the playing of the sport was banned in the streets because it caused great damage to the windows <laughs> of the houses and also exposes people to the danger of being injured and is contrary to the freedom of the public streets. Hey, that just means you're probably not around people who play good golf. <laughs> That's correct. Because <laughs> I would just like to say that in Florida, to live on a golf course is like peak, apparently. And oh, I, was, yeah. I was telling Tyler, I was like, you know, I don't think I'd want to risk my windows that often because I know how terrible I play. I can only imagine. I feel like you would have to get special, like I live on a golf course insurance. You definitely have to. And that's just like one more insurance to have in Florida, honestly. Yeah, fair. <laughs> Especially with the hurricane. Well, yeah, exactly. And the alligators. <laughs> and, and the, the falling iguanas from the, from the skies. <laughs> oh, right. Yes. The falling iguanas. <laughs> I don't think you get insurance for that. That's just, that's just health insurance, I guess. <laughs> I, I feel like you need it, honestly. <laughs> it's crazy out there. Florida, man. Mm. <laughs> All right. Um, and then. Charles Blair McDonald, who attended St. Andrews University and learned the game at the St. Andrews Golf Links, is considered the father of American golf, uh, the father of American golf course architects, excuse Ooh, me. Okay. In 1893, McDonald built the Chicago Golf Club, which is the first, the country's first 18-hole golf course. Hmm. The United States Golf Association was established in 1894, which we already talked about. Um, and Today, it is 
All right, never mind. That's just double. I'm bad at editing these. Anyway, so basically, Chicago was where the first 18 hole course was. And that's where we're going to leave it for the first half. That's perfect. I love it. Yeah. We're going to take an ad break and then we'll be right back. See you on the other side. This ad is an actual ad. However, we will still not be benefiting from this. This is an ad for our Twitch stream. You can watch us do a live podcast every other Thursday. Come hang out and interact with us and maybe catch a Pokemon or two. And maybe, just maybe, learn something. But honestly, the chances are slim. Catch us on Twitch at 6 p.m. EST or 3 p.m. PST, or a different time in a different time zone that is not in the United States. We would love to chat with you and definitely let us know if you are an OG audio listener. Now back to the regular audio pre-recorded podcast. Cheers. Also, don't forget to rate us five stars. Okay, now back to the pod. Welcome back. <laughs> what are we on a game show? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are. <laughs> Philip is the only contestant on the game show. <laughs> and we're about to agree. Speaking of, speaking of game shows, Bob Barker just died yesterday. I, I saw. Know. He I was 99, though. It was his time. <laughs> he was so close. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's So I saw a TikTok and it was like, Bob Barker dies at the age of 99. Um he was close and he was under and not over which is perfect <laughs> price is right joke that's just savage yeah and then on a golf <laughs> note he beat the hell out of Becky Gilmore really yeah I didn't know that like in the movie Happy Gilmore have you ever yeah, seen that yeah that's right oh yeah 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 Tyler mm-hmm. yeah. loves that movie my favorite part is when the I forget what his name is but he loses his hand to the gator that's just like the yeah. whole thing I love it <laughs> it's the best plot twist in the whole movie <laughs> like oh wow <laughs> Adam Sandler just recreated the Happy Gilmore uh he filmed himself doing the swing again oh. for like the 20th anniversary or whatever of the movie that's perfect you still got it it's good. Oh, got it. When did that movie come out? 96 or 94? I have oh. no idea, Philip. Let me see. Happy... Go Google it. This is on site, guys. <laughs> 1996. 
two guys who are struggling to, who are very good golfers, but they're kind of struggling to get it done because their middle game's not that good. And that's a big mm. part of golf is the middle game. I mean, it's everything yeah. pretty much. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Something that people probably don't realize either mm. is like the mental, your mental game seems to be play a large factor. In oh, absolutely. Physical golf game. Yeah. Yeah. Got to get your head in the game. Oh, wait, that's basketball. No, that's high school musical. <laughs> but they were playing basketball. <laughs> yeah, but like, is it? it's not real basketball. It's just a bunch of people <gasps> who like... It's you would not. insult Troy that way. Oh God. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I hated they're that coming, movie. <laughs> there's like a high school musical series on Disney Plus. And it's weird. I don't like it. It's too cringy. Great. Disney just can't let stuff die. Just they, let it really, go. I know. Yeah. I know. Um, okay. So Philip, this is a very broad question, so feel free to interpret it the way that you feel necessary. But um how how do you play golf without going on like a 15 minute ramble? I mean you can if you want to, but like <laughs> hey, this let's... is his pod, so <laughs> yeah, it's fair. All right, go ahead. Uh you just gotta hit balls all the time. I like it. Simple, simple, elegant. Yeah, I mean, elegant. I, I have I got people come up to me, or not, not really. I don't want to say that people come up to me like I'm super good golfer. I, I'm I don't really? hardly play anymore, but like uh, the times people have asked, like, "Hey, I'll, I'll go out on a course with them, and they'll be like, hey, give give my son or, or give me some some tips,' or and I was just like, mm. I'll be nice or whatever, and just you know be like, hey." you know, help them out here or there, but it's really just, it kind of frustrates me because it's really just not the place to to deal. When you're on the golf course, it's not really the place to yeah. practice. Like me personally, I mean, and I'll tell them that too, like at the end of the round, like, Hey, if you want to ever get yeah. up and go to the driving range, you know, that's right. place where you really put in some work, but yeah, you just got to hit balls all the time. And Blair can, Blair can contest to that. I used to hit balls that's all true. the time. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> our parents have live on five acres of land and philip yeah. would just be out there chucking away uh honestly um we did not live on five acres of land and chris and papa would hit them out the backyard um and conveniently consistently hit trees and have them bounce back and it's just rapid fire reaction is really what you're going for and just <laughs> hoping you don't break a window <laughs> love that love yeah. that for them <laughs> okay so the I'm trying to formulate a question here. Hold on. Got this. I believe in you. Um so basically what you're saying is is like playing a round of golf is not the best way to learn like how to play golf. I don't think so. But that's just okay. my opinion. I, I mean I you just got to I mean really if you want my true opinion on it I think you need to and it's a boring, very boring approach to it. It'd be kind of hard for someone to just pick this up because everybody wants to go out there and hit driver and right, yeah, all that yeah. stuff. But you really, in my opinion, you really just got to kind of start from the short clubs and work your way up because the yeah. long clubs are just so hard to hit. Like, yeah, I mean, that's debatable nowadays with the driver because they make a, the head, the head's so big and the sweet spot's so big. But I mean, if you can just kind of get it down from the short clubs and work your way up then yep. that'd be a good thing to do but i mean yeah it's i mean it's just it's it's really really hard i mean i guess people get into it 
and they learn and they get into the game. I wouldn't discourage anybody. If you want to play golf and just not even touch a range and go hit, you know, hit the course every single time, then by all means, that, that's fine if that's what you enjoy. But I mean, if to me, if you want to have like a, if you, your goal is to be good and mm-hmm. like get down to a single digit handicap and a low single digit handicap, then you need to definitely spend time on the range okay. more often than getting on the golf course. I agree. And that's how lessons yeah. start. I'm not an expert either, but anytime that we've done lessons, you always start with like a seven iron just to get a good feel for it. And you're teeing off for the most part at the range. But the real skill that I have noticed and something that I'm absolutely awful at is hitting from the ground, which you don't think about until you're off the range, which is, you know, it's kind of different when you're in the rough. A range is really smooth for the most part and you've got the option to tee off or not. But, uh, if you are getting into it, I would suggest uh, hitting it off the ground at some point because that's the majority yeah. of the golf game once you get on the course. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. nowadays, too, I, you know, I didn't even think of this, but I'm sure nowadays you could probably get a lot of help from YouTube. I mean, I, oh, yeah. I'm not, not yeah. going to say that we were, me and Blair were like, or all of us were born after the YouTube phase. But I mean, I honestly, I feel like when I was a kid, I never really thought to like, hey, I'm going to go on YouTube and look up how to do something. Yeah. YouTube Nowadays, was very different yeah. when we were growing up. You know, I feel like yeah. content only almost. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For those wondering what generation of YouTube we're talking about, it's uh shoes. Numa Numa guy. Shoes. <laughs> um Charlie the Unicorn mm-hmm. and llamas with hats. So yep. if that yeah. Oh. All solid some, videos. Some, some may call it the golden age of YouTube. <laughs> some, 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 would say. May, some would say. <laughs> and so they right. would be correct. <laughs> All right. So um, this is a kind of silly question, but um, do you think golf is fun? And what do you, what about golf makes it fun for you? Um, yeah, I think golf's fun. Uh there's been times where golf wasn't fun, mm. uh, but I think now that I'm kind of, uh, I guess, I don't know. You just can't take it too seriously. I mean, yeah. it, it, I yeah. just, that's like the core thing is just enjoy it. But um, I, I don't really know, I guess, I don't really know what makes it fun to be honest with you. I guess I was fortunate enough that uh, our dad and, grandpa were into it and I guess as a child I, I saw it and it was cool and it was always on TV and right I remember that fondly yeah I don't know and I guess I I, I enjoy uh that's something you do yourself like everything that you like get out of golf you put in mm-hmm. and that's yeah. enjoyable to me yeah nice very cool yeah it I think um from what Chris comes home and says is like, he makes like one good shot around and he's like, this is what keeps me holding on until the next time. Cause the rest of yeah. it was terrible. But it was like yeah, the I mean, one good shot. You know. That's the uh, age old kind of saying is that, yeah, you only have a few good shots and that's what gets you out there the next time. But right. it's actually a really good question. I don't, I don't really know. I don't really know. Yeah. I guess I, that's all I got for what makes it fun for me. I, yeah. so I guess it's fun to get out with your friends too. And you, know, you do have, have a lot of friends uh, who play relax. golf. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, and then, you know, competition days were fun, mm-hmm. you know, playing, you know, college golf is fun. And, um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a good sport. It's fun. Yeah. yeah. You're outside. Nature. Yeah. Yeah. You can go, yeah. yeah. That, that's another good point too. Yeah. We enjoy playing with the family too. It's always the weird memories we make. And it's usually when we're at the beach vacation, because that's just when we're all together. I right. destroyed a family of ducks once. Um, oh, God. And that's all they talk about now. Every time. Duck murderer. I, I wasn't even a murderer, okay? <laughs> Literally, uh, I think it was either Tyler or Chris who was just like, uh, don't hit that duck family. Be careful of the ducks. And I was like, I'm not going to hit them. Beams it immediately, right away. <laughs> and they are just like, wah, 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 just like having a conniption. And, oh, my um, God. Now I'm just uh, the murderer of that duck family and I'll never live it down. And that's what makes golf fun. <laughs> and that, yes. Yeah. <laughs> we are mediocre content. We approve this message. No ducks we, were harmed in the making of this podcast. Not um, in this podcast, but definitely that golf game. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so we kind of already talked about like good tips for beginners. Um, <clears throat> who's your favorite golf player? Uh, probably our, our guy, Tiger Woods. Ooh, controversial. Yeah. I mean, well, I guess, I don't know. He's probably, he's, you know, I grew up watching him. I'll never, honestly, I remember, I don't know if you remember Blair, but I remember the 2005 Masters and we were watching and he hit that chip and it kind of, you know, right there on 16 at Augusta. And it was like the perfect ad for Nike because the ball yeah. was like right on the edge and the Nike swoosh and then it like dropped right in. Oh, yeah. that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, but I mean, I guess playing actively right now, uh, probably Brooks Kepka. Hmm. Okay. Who's the orange nice. man? The like, orange man's Ricky Fowler. He's my Okay, favorite. great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a throwback. Yeah. Um, Kirsten knows who the orange man is because I did another, um, I know his name is not orange man. He was just dressed head to toe in orange in the photo. Well, because I was trying, I did a, a PowerPoint on like why golf is for girls or can be for girls. Meanwhile, we brought Philip on. I know. I don't know any women who play golf like actively though. That's fair. Um, it is a predominantly male (laughs) sport, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so, and then I was showing like what you would wear to like mm-hmm. a golf course. And I put Ricky Fowler on there because like he wears fun outfits. And uh, yeah, that's why I like it. Ooh, it was very orange. Yeah. Um, okay. So what is, what is the golf community saying about the PGA right now? Give us the tea Ooh, yeah. on live versus PGA. Like I do a little summary on like the drama and then what is the outcome of what's that the vibe yeah what's um, the vibe <laughs> well there's just a lot to it so <laughs> i hope we got time but we got plenty of time don't worry <laughs> so live was i don't know <clears throat> i couldn't tell you who like came up with the idea of live i guess it might have been like greg norman or, or whoever but um Greg Norman is who? Uh, he's a probably he's one of the probably one of the uh, he was world number one back in the nineties for a while. He was, oh. he was a very very good Australian uh, golfer. Okay. Major Got champion. it. 
Um, okay. So he, I, I don't know if he created it. I, I don't really know who to give credit to who created um, Live Golf. But anyways, they're backed. They're a league <clears throat> that is different from the PGA Tour, being that they play a 54-hole tournament, and that's a shotgun start, which means everybody starts on mm-hmm. uh, a different hole. Right. Um, and they are funded by the Saudi Arabian Public Investment Fund. Um, and they came about, and so then they started kind of going around and asking guys on the tour, you know, bigger names, like, hey, you know, you want to come play in this league, and um, we're going to have, a, you know, play for a lot of money. Um, it's going to be very, very, you know, lucrative. So they were, they came over and they're asking a lot of the top players, you know, hey, do, you know, do you want to play in this league? And I don't really know. The, the they were offering them a lot of money, right? Yeah, very lot. Like, I mean, nine. Like, some people had nine-digit offers. Some people had eight-digit, seven-digit offers. You know, big offers. Isn't that poaching? And, well, I mean, yeah, it kind of was. But I think the idea that they had that, uh, you know, maybe that we they could play both, right? So they would play like some guys would play live golf and then some guys would play PGA tour golf. I think that was kind of the mm, okay. the thing, but I think that was kind of the idea, but I think where a lot of the drama came from was um, getting involved with Saudi Arabia's money. Fair. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I have a question about that. Are, was live golf, fully funded by Saudi Arabia or was it just like one of the donors that got like kind of blown out of proportion? As far as I know, it is solely funded. Like all that money that you're getting, if you play for live, you're getting paid by out of the they're Saudi Arabia, out of the Saudi public investment fund. Okay. Um, so yeah. Yeah. And that, that's kind of where I think a lot of the drama started out. Um, and once they started kind of rolling out, uh, giving out these offers, you know, slowly but surely guys jump ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and while they're jumping ship, you know, Jay Monahan, the PGA Tour commissioner, made it clear that, hey, you know, if you guys go play for live, then don't bother mm-hmm. coming back. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And layman's terms, I guess. Um, but yeah. So, a lot of guys left, a lot of top players, a lot of players I like watching, like Brooks Kepka left, mm-hmm. um, you know, Bryson DeChambeau, Cam Smith, uh, Mark Leishman, a lot of top players. Um, Justin Thomas too, right? No, Justin Thomas stayed on PGA Tour. Oh, okay. JK. Um, and yeah, so a lot of guys did leave. They took a lot of money. Um there was even uh, when they came out and said that if you jump ship from the PGA Tour and go over to live, uh, you're that you're going to be banned. A lot of guys came together and you know created a lawsuit and we're going to sue the PGA Tour. Wow, that which obviously, like I think the media gets really mm-hmm. uh, that you know media loves a good story. So I think right. a lot of the guys like. You know, they're trying to create like all the guys who jump ship to live are like the villains now. And I, you know, I don't, 
I don't think that that's the case, but the guys, but I think there is serious beef between the guys on the PGA tour and the guys who went to live and then sued the PGA tour because not all the guys yeah. went to live hopped on that boat. Right. Okay. Um, all right. So that's really like the, the, the beef, but however, now uh, <laughs> as we sit today, I think it was June 19th. Um, The PGA Tour and Liv struck a deal, and I guess they're going to merge. Whoa, what? Yeah. yeah. After all that controversy? And that was just kind of dipping your toe in it. I'm kind of trying to give you the, oh, yeah. the, yeah. the, the, uh, the beef light version. Um, <laughs> yeah. The, the lightest, the leanest yeah. of beef. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so now they're coming up with a merger. Uh, they went before a Senate hearing, or they went before the Senate to make sure, I think, you know, I don't really know the ins and outs of what went down with that, but I think it's kind of more like they, I think their new business plan, I think they just wanted to make sure that there's no antitrust violations or yeah. you know, anything uh, such as that. But yeah, so they, they did that and we're kind of just in limbo right now. Um hmm. Don't really know what's going to happen. Live still doing live stuff. PGA Tour still doing PGA Tour stuff, but so the lawyers are actually figuring it out now. Mm. Yeah, and from what I've gathered, that they there's a lot of disgruntled players too because it's sure. there was just a lot of bad decisions made by. I guess uh, I don't. I'm not going to say any names in particular because I I don't know if it was solely them, but I guess maybe let's just call it. PJ tour management. Mm, yeah. Fair. Um, yeah. A lot of bad decisions were made because they kind of put themselves in this position to where they had to strike a deal with live. Cause I guess they, a lot of people underestimated live and, and they thought that it would kind of die out after, you know, the, the divide, I guess. But yeah. the thing is, is though, it's like, I don't know anything about the Saudi and public investment fund, but from what I've heard and uh, kind of gathered, I guess, is that they're just there's just unlimited money over there. Like I mean, it's it's like yeah, it, it, like they're just no matter what you do, they're just gonna keep pouring money into what they have. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I imagine that there's a, a a point when they would stop just because you know yeah, they're, they're, everybody's got their limits. But it's just it's I think they're kind of had their backs against the wall based off the decisions they had made on the PGA Tour side. So. Right. So are you saying that the PGA tour like essentially got bought or is maybe in the process of getting bought out? Um, well, that, that was kind money? of the initial reaction. So there's a ton mm. of memes. I don't know if you guys are big office fans, but there's a ton <laughs> of memes where it was like lives the Michael Scott paper company and the PGA. Tour. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that's yeah. what it sounded like at first. And it, it might, yeah. it might end up being something like that. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, you know, I, I'm I'm glad this isn't like an official golf podcast, like a because I oh yeah no. I, I don't have like like the the, the I, I don't have any like hard facts, but I think based off of what I've seen, like the guy who is the chairman, uh, I don't know his full name, but I think his first name is like Yasser. I think mm -hmm. his that he got himself uh, a seat on the uh, the board, I guess, of the PGA Tour, uh, and that was kind of his. That's like the way the new business plan is going to be. I think he's going to be a member of the board 
and I don't know. It, it just it's kind of depressing, honestly. Like it not not like depressing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like it's it, it's depressed. I don't really care about me personally. I don't really care about a lot of the way mm -hmm. things are handled, like outside of the golf. But it is depressing. Right. Like yeah. thinking that the sport is just like yeah. It's not even like oh, it's almost like the news hasn't even been about the sport lately. It's just all about right. Conflicts and as a fan, that's hard to watch. Yeah, because you're yeah. just there for the sport and you're there for the players and watching, you know, their games and seeing how they're performing. I imagine it's just like, well, the politics of it just aren't as like riveting as kind of destroying the image, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's just. There's a lot moving, but I mean. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a. Uh, <laughs> it's kind yeah. of like it's just a lot, a lot of stuff going on, a lot of money, yeah. a lot of power. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you get to that level of sport, I mean, with anything like baseball, basketball, mm. football, like all that stuff, you know, it's it becomes more about the politics and less about yeah. like the game, you know. Yeah. And, and golf being as of the last. Like, I guess maybe exclude the last 15 years, but before that, you know, golf wasn't really all that popular. Mm -hmm. uh, well, at least it's comparatively it's nowhere near as popular as it is now so right you don't really have to worry about that i mean you just turn on the tv and you know you can settle right in to watch the saturday sunday golf when you know work weeks out but now it's just it's blown up man like i mean it's yeah just you can yeah. even tell like social media like you know the golf definitely has been has grown up exponentially definitely yeah do you watch any golf influencers? Um, I, I'm a big fan of uh, like the no laying up stuff on Spotify. Oh, um, oh nice! And, and they they have videos and stuff on YouTube. I, I haven't really watched much of their stuff, but um, I don't know if they are considered influencers. Those I think they're kind of more of like I guess I think they're kind of more like journalists. Oh, okay. Nice. But they report on the game. Um, I guess since they have some of their YouTube content, I guess that's kind of influencing, but um, I don't know. I kind of see them more as, you know, journalists and they're delivering a, a good. Are they uh, with like video. an official network or do they do their own thing? Uh, well, they're, they do their own thing. Yeah. They're not associated okay. with any major network or anything. And that's kind of what I like about it. Cause I mean, they, they, and they're, they're pretty down to earth. So they, they don't really have, any reason to to wash or like mix up any of the stuff that they deliver to you journalism wise. Right. Um, and yeah, I've been listening to them for a long time now. I've been probably, I don't know. I was yeah, probably maybe four years, three years. Nice. It's just good, good golf content. Good. Nice. Very cool. Excellent. Um, so do you, let's see, do you, can, I don't know if you can answer this question, but like, you know how you were saying that, um, like back in the day, you would just turn on golf for like Saturday, mm -hmm. Sunday, whatever, and then be done. But like, I feel like now there's like a million different places to watch golf hmm. and it's hard to figure out like where the tournaments are going to be broadcast and like stuff like mm -hmm. that. Do you have any insight into why it is so hard to watch golf and like figure out where you can watch the stuff? Yeah, it's just, 
it's it's really just kind of like what we were talking about earlier about yeah. the uh, rules of the USGA and how they you got to talk. It's just a bunch of yeah. They they're Politics. really they're and I've developed a lot of the takes I have on it uh, from the like no laying up stuff I listened to because I didn't really have much of an opinion on that. I just kind of figured that's the way the world is these days. This days with everything, but like after listening to those guys and kind of them talking about like the actual like product of golf on TV. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah. Like it's, it's really bad. Like, I mean, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't, I personally, I don't like watching golf tournaments. They're going to be on NBC because it's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of commercials. Ugh. Oh, um, interesting. Like and, more than regular. Yeah. And then it's just not a, I mean, they have some good, uh, commentators and and on course analysts but i just not really a huge fan of their i'm more of a uh jim nance and whoever else is with him guy i like the cbs stuff a lot better cbs okay um, cool and cool. but yeah i mean it's just there's other sports that i've learned through the golf stuff that i listen to like there's other sports that do a really good job of like one minimizing like commercials and mm -hmm. two like making it easy for the viewer to reliably mm -hmm. go to like an app or a, or a channel or whatever and be hey golf's going to be here or whatever sport's going to be here right yeah on this day from this time to this time yeah Very and so yeah like yeah you know they they've it's it's just hard when you have to figure out what chant, what what tournaments are going to be on NBC, and then I got to deal with Peacock, and then yeah, right. I got to try and find out on you know, oh yeah, what, what hey, there's a rain delay, so where can I watch it now? Or hey, right. you know, and, and CBS like they're pretty consistent. I mean they they uh they don't really have they don't really throw too many loops into it. I think it kind of kind of gets nasty with when you have to deal with NBC and, and Peacock because yeah you know they have. NBC has so much like so much sports on it. Yeah. CBS yeah. isn't really they don't really have the rights to show as many sports. I yeah. Think. But, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, the product right now really isn't all that good. Um and, and you know, everybody everybody uses the term grow the game. I'm gonna grow the game. I'm doing mm -hmm. this because I'm growing the game. Well they can really grow the game by making it easy <laughs> to watch golf on TV. That's right. Yeah, yeah get exactly. easier to get into. Yeah. And, well and they had the golf channel for a while. Like did. when everyone had cable. They yeah. should yeah, just so make they, their own streaming service. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Well that's the thing. Like <laughs> somebody brought up like a really good point. I was listening to uh you know some golf content and it's funny because You'd think that if you tuned into the golf channel, you could watch golf. <laughs> that and, would be the idea, yeah. Right. <laughs> and there's been instances where, like, major network television, whether it's on CBS or NBC, like, they'll run into a, a conflicting schedule, like, program. Oh, my God. Like, so, so say, like, say golf's on from three to six, and yeah. maybe there's, like, a, a breaking news thing, or, or maybe they, maybe there's a playoff and it's, and it's leaking over into another, show yeah like on, on airtime yeah well they'll be like if it's on nbc they'll be like okay well you can go to peacock and and watch it what yeah oh that's so over, dumb we're cutting over to peacock to watch it and, and where it's like 
why can't we just watch it on the Golf Channel? Because right, NBC right. Golf Channel and you know CBS, they'll be like, um, they, they sometimes they'll cut the Golf Channel, or you got to be like, they'll be like, hey, I'm, I'm going to go on the CBS Sports app. That's so dumb. Yeah, yeah, it's dumb. It's just not. Yeah. It's just hard to watch. And then you, you want to get into the LPGA, like they get shafted. shafted I'm mm-hmm. sure. I mean, yeah. It's like, you want to try and that's another thing going back to that we're always trying to grow the game well it's like yeah. okay well the women had a tournament this weekend and you're showing that on like you're showing like playing like playing lessons on golf channel and right. you gotta go to peacock and it may or may not be on there to watch yeah like right cool. like it's 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 yeah it's just they're it doing very- so good at it <laughs> just grow oh, the God. game jk <laughs> yeah i mean it's well just- and I mean, that's a whole other argument with like women's yeah. sports too. I mean, women get shafted constantly. So and in terms the, of like and the worst part about it is like they they've even like commented on that. Like major yeah. network television will be like these I think they're using a, a, a like a, a catchphrase one time where it's like women are worth watching. I think it but it was for like mm-hmm. a whole like, like WNBA, LPJ and all that stuff. Mm-hmm, and they mm-hmm. broadcasted this like blanket like statement and then very next thing you know yeah i think i think women were supposed to be on tv and they cut it for something like yep. i mean <laughs> yeah i can't remember i don't know if it was like a lpga or WNBA. like i said no hard facts here but i do remember something like yeah. that yeah sure yeah i i wouldn't be surprised honestly so it sounds like it's difficult to watch because they claim that they want to grow the game and claim that they want to do all these things but in terms of actually like making moves to make those things possible it's absolute zero percent work and and effort <laughs> to, well, to I mean, the, the big defense is like contracts we got to adhere sure we have so many ads right. like we have so many people flooding money into this thing so we got to make sure we get them their ad time well yeah I don't know, flood your ads on Thursday and Friday when most of the right. people are watching the golf tournament and right. most watch like commercial free golf on the weekend. Right. Yeah. And also like, you know, I understand getting the ads in, but if you're not pushing content other than ads, who's gonna support the channel? You know, like it's just it's just an advertisement at that point. Yeah. yeah. And they yeah. just do like I know NBC NBC especially, they kind of they've messed it up a lot for me a few times because I'll be watching some golf, like, you know, golf late in the round on a Sunday. So it's coming mm-hmm. down to the wire and mm-hmm. they have this thing called playing through. So like they'll show like a few minutes of golf, like live being commentated and everything. And then they'll switch the playing through segment where it's a small television, like a small, like a window on your television. And then the rest. Oh is, like, yeah. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. And, and yeah. they'll do that. And so there's no Ugh. audio on the golf and there's like, been some really good shots and they'll come back and be like, Oh, I'm playing through. We just had, for example, like John Rom stick it to two feet, oh you know, God. to have this putt to come into the lead. And it's just like, well, thanks. Like, I'm glad I got this <laughs> on like, a small box. I'm like, TV screen. like, but I could be yeah. part of that experience. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's another. That's a great point too. Is it's all about an experience and yes. like the experience watching golf, or especially a casual fans. I, I imagine probably won't be too upset about it. But like the diehard fans out there, like it sucks. Yeah, it does suck. Yeah. But even if you're not, if you're just trying to get into it, it's going to be really difficult 
to get more people into a sport that can't even access it or feel excited about the content that's being pushed. So even if you're, quote, growing the game, you're also not like growing the mindset for the entertainment of it either because you're not allowing the access to filter in easily. Yeah, because I I love watching golf on TV. I always have. And and like I've got another good example where I'll I'll spread the uh, the dish ragging here, I guess. But CBS (laughs) messed up, in my opinion. I thought it was horrible how the tournament just before the British Open, the Genesis Scottish Open, which is a elevated event. You know, it's a pretty big tournament. And um, Rory McIlroy and this young and upcoming Scottish star, they're playing in Scotland. This guy, Bob McIntyre, he's a, he's an up and coming star. It was those guys dueling it down the stretch. Wow. And I, got, I, I was like, once I found that out, cause I woke up in the morning, I wake up pretty early on the weekends, like six, six thirty, And um, I was like, man, this is going to be a really good finish. So I go downstairs, mm-hmm. go to turn on CBS and it's like, I don't know what it was. It was like either local programming or whatever. I was like, are you serious? What? Like this is about, this is going to be like a monumental thing, especially if right. this young Scottish star beats Rory in Scotland. Rory. Mm-hmm. No, and, yeah. And like, I, so I looked up on my phone. I was like, where can I watch the Scottish Open this weekend? And they're like, oh, you have to download the CBS Sports app. Oh my watch, God. Watch it on there. Luckily, if you, you know, YouTube TV though, is true. Now, so like, it's true. you know, you can go in on there and, and, you know, watch it and it's free, but I was still, I was just like, so hard to get to like some people, like I I would bet you like everybody outside of maybe even like a percentage of the diehard fan base. Mm -hmm. I'll bet you everybody outside of that. Who's a casual fan would be like, Oh, I'm just not going to watch it. Right. Well, yes, because you have to jump through 40 hoops just to even begin to figure out how to watch it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. It's so funny though. I mean, I feel like the aver not the advertising, but like mm. the powers that be in golf feel like the audience of golf is still like older men. Could and be. I don't think that that's necessarily true anymore. Uh, I think I a lot of like young people want to get into golf and like we like our content to be accessible. So well, yeah, you know. but the other factor in that is it's not even accessible to those that used to watch it. My my grandfather, Papa, used to watch it on TV yeah. all the time. But now, if they can't even access it on their used-to-be channels, what are you supposed... Like, nobody can right. watch it. Like, even to <laughs> Philip's point, the average person is just going to be like, well, it's too difficult. I'm just going to go do something else. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know. I'm so- trying to imagine your grandpa <clears throat> just like... Getting on the tablet, downloading CBS Sports app. I mean, and it just seems excessive. I'm pretty sure he uses our Disney Plus, so he could probably figure it out. That's fair. That's fair. Good. Good. Oh my God. What good things. I know. Okay. So to end on a lighter note, uh, so Philip, what is your favorite golf club to hit um and why? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a lot of thought. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess you can pick two if that makes it easier. <laughs> yeah. It's probably situational, right? My favorite. I mean, I guess just what I get the most enjoyment out of. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, everybody wants to hit the driver, I guess. Like, yeah. <laughs> it goes the furthest that gets probably the most satisfaction. Um, I like hitting driver. Um, and then I like hitting long irons too, you know, my three, mm. four, five, six iron. Um, nice. Just because I, I don't know, I got, I got a pretty good long iron game. Um, nice. And it's, I kind of take pride in that. Very nice. Um, Very cool. So yeah. Nice. So what do you, not to put you on blast, but like, what do you hit normally? <laughs> like, what are, what are your, what is. You're going to let him put his score you... out there like that? <laughs> yeah. Um, Tell the people. I don't know. I guess I can, it. like I said, I, I hardly, I, I mean, I just, my, my golf has slowed down to like a snail's pace. So I, like I got on my handicap my uh the SGA Virginia State Golf Association app like my 20 scores my 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 last score on the list is from February 21st 2022 so 20 times ago was last you know 2022 early but yeah my scoring average on there out of my 20 scores is 78.3 wow mm, that's but awesome that Very being nice. said, I, yeah that being said that I played in the club championship for our social club like a couple yeah. weeks ago and I shot 90 so yeah dude so, I don't even want to hear it there's not a yeah. single golf course I've ever been on where I haven't been over 100 and I just want to say right. that with the most confidence yeah <laughs> it's still fun though yeah. yeah well and it is about like how much you play and like yeah. sometimes in life you just can't get out to the course as much as you want to and that's okay yeah golf I mean, there'll, be another, there'll be another day yeah, yeah, that's right. And that's what they say. Exactly. Maybe maybe better tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Well, this has been All fantastic. Right. Yeah. Thank you so much for educating us on golf. We appreciate yeah. it. Like I said, take a lot of those uh, statistics and facts I threw out there lightly because I... <laughs> It's mediocre content. Why, I mean, yeah. yeah, the show is called mediocre content for a reason. And <laughs> that's why we do the disclaimer at the front, because we don't want anyone to think that we know have you guys ever about. have anybody jumping in your like instant messages saying like you guys are 100 percent wrong ever never i literally wish. not one time i <laughs> wish that they would i wish that the, i wish anyone would dm us honestly negative or positive that'd be uh, great well and truthfully um we would love to continue to put that shtick out there guys so don't be freaking shy you've got that's right you know these three minds trying to put stuff together and it might be incorrect so <laughs> you you can come and tell us we're wrong live in person Very on true. every other thursday on twitch if you want yeah um or you can email us at mediocrecontentpodcast at gmail.com yep you can follow us on Instagram at Mediocre Content Podcast um, or on Twitter at Mediocre Content Podcast. But we're kind of getting rid of that. Oh, wait, not Twitter. Yeah. That's not what I meant to say. I meant TikTok. to say TikTok. <laughs> TikTok, not Twitter. We don't like it over there. We're not We're not doing that. Formerly known as Twitter. <laughs> um, and is that it? Is that all we have? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Philip, so much for being here yeah. again. We hope Thank that you, you had as much fun as we did. Yeah, maybe else? we'll bring you on for the um, the convenience store debate. <laughs> the Sheets versus Wawa. Yeah. 2024. Oh, yeah. Just, pick, yeah. just pick stuff that 
is in the same ballpark. I mean, don't be throwing, don't be throwing Bucky's in with the, the uh, shit tier like Wawa's and Royal Farms. You're so right. <laughs> Gotta You're be selective so about right. these debates. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, if there was another, if I guess that's the whole thing. Like, they probably, if there's a rival to Bucky's, then that would be a debate. I don't think there's a rival out there. You know, the whole West Coast has no idea what we're talking about right now no. because they don't have convenience stores like we do on the East Coast. And I Sash. feel bad for them. You should. It's inconvenient. It's inconvenient. <laughs> exactly. Um, and on that note, guys, we'll see you next week. We shall. Cheers. Cheers.